Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Hello, and welcome to spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! I am the host, Richard, and with me to fuck hamsters are Abby <laughs> and Anthony. Hello. Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, Hi. That's what this film's about, isn't it? Like, the science experiment... Uh, entering a science experiment into the science fair and winning the I Fuck Hamsters Award for Best Science Project. That oh, was... you mean the, the subterfuge. Good subterfuge, isn't it? What have you got as your science uh, project, hamsters? What yeah, have you really got? Nuclear bomb? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, no, of course not. I've got to have a bloody nuclear bomb, and that's mad. Don't be silly, hamsters. Are they in a maze? They're in a box. Good. You win. Best prize. <laughs> having hamsters. You haven't made a volcano out of paper mache? Hamsters. That's what I've got, mate. Anyway, the Manhattan Project, uh, the movie, was picked by you, Anthony. So if you could clarify to not get it confused with the actual Manhattan Project or, I don't mm. know, um, Dr. Manhattan and his projects or, I don't know, what else would it be confused with? Yes, yes. Time to confess. <laughs> Yeah, there are a couple of other things, mainly like documentaries called The Manhattan Project. But this is the film, The Manhattan Project, released in 1986, which is a semi-sci-fi thriller uh, about a <laughs> about a teenager who steals some plutonium with the idea of building his own nuclear warhead and winning a state science fair in order to expose the secret nuclear research facility that he stole said plutonium from. But naturally, a lot of people are not happy about that and <laughs> race to retrieve the bomb before we can blow everyone up, I suppose. Um, it was directed by Marshall Brickman, also written by Marshall Brickman and Thomas Baum. It stars Christopher Collett, John Lithgow... John Mahoney, Jill Elkenbury, Cynthia Nixon, and Robert Leonard. Yeah. Curiously, the guy who wrote this also wrote Manhattan with uh, Woody Allen, I think. And the title of this would suggest maybe this is a documentary about the making of Manhattan or something. <laughs> but they're just separate. He just likes things with Manhattan in the title, probably including cocktails based on the plot of this. Um. Yeah. So this Anthony, was it something you'd seen before? No, this was something I only discovered a few weeks ago, looking for new things to mine for the podcast. Oh, got to be careful and, mining plutonium. Oh, uh, and it, it came up somewhere. Someone, someone called it like a an underrated eighties film. They were wrong. They were, <laughs> oh yes, they were Absolutely. well off. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, you know, it's not very rated, so, <laughs> um, no, um, yeah, so the, the guy, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting, um, War Games vibes yeah, from sure. it, and I was okay <clears throat> film, and I thought, I thought, I felt, I felt like this was something I, I probably should have known about, you know, and I had no idea what it was, and John Lithgow was in it, and that kind of was enough for me. I was like, yeah. Hey, like, the, the smells were all there. You were like, oh, this thing, this, this. Yes, 
this looks like something that could be weird but good mm. and then <laughs> I will say I feel like it is prime spoiler filled though because but I well I feel like this is like perfect spoiler filled gold because the film just goes off on one at a point and I I don't I didn't know whether to like try and throw it out the window or just laugh at it. <laughs> yeah, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. And uh, <laughs> it's definitely decides it's going in one direction and you go, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the tone to take with this plan. <laughs> what are we talking about? Because it wasn't obvious from the trailer what was actually happening in the film. They did a good job of giving you the vibe but not the actual plot. Yeah, like it um, could have been war games. It could have been weird science. If it, if it had leaned into its uh, 80s comediness, it would have been daft and sort of, uh, you know, this this wants you to believe in the science a little bit and uh, take it somewhat seriously, I think. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> well, no, but like the tone, say the tone of like fucking weird science. So they try and like stuff a bra in a fucking fax machine and create a woman. Like they literally, <laughs> like it's bollocks. <laughs> Whereas this one is like, you know, Set in labs and things, at least. Yeah, they, they do go to some effort to make it seem plausible. We'll give you that. They take it seriously, I think. <laughs> well, if they, I mean, uh, it's really weird. Like the um, script says they're taking it seriously, but. Oh, but the fucking music, though. The whimsy to making a nuclear bomb. I... <laughs> oh. Just this lovely, like, flute and classical, jolly ditty, kind of something that would be like a montage in, like, uh, Diagnosis Murder or something. Just, I don't know, just utterly chintzy and uplifting and whimsical. And then it's like, but we're also, we're making a nuclear bomb, guys. <laughs> home, home, homeschool in it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Really weird. <laughs> I can't believe, like, I mean, it's the 80s. Put a fucking cool 80s pop tune on. You know, make take a bit, bit of irony. I mean, it's kind of ironic, but, like, I don't know. <laughs> Something simply would be better, I guess. I, what, nothing, oh, whatever. Yeah, so it's it's a weird one, and I'm surprised it doesn't come up more. Maybe because it's a, a tad dull as well. Like, there's a lot more wackier stuff from this era. I'm Yeah, I assume it'll never live up to the first time you watch this. I mean, I don't know why you'd be watching it a second time. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So, Abby, you'd never heard of this, right? No. And I would have thought this would be one that caught my brother out. Because all of this on paper sounds like something my brother would like. Exactly. But clearly he dodged that bullet somehow. Yeah, because like, the other uh, John Lithgow 80s thing with where he's a scientist is like Buckaroo Banzai. Mm. Uh, and I I don't know if I was typecasting him, but I assumed he was going to be a bit more wacky. Uh, or he doesn't do a dodgy accent in this or anything. He, and even when you think, oh, we're going to have like a young man versus the old scientist, they it's mostly Lithgow trying to be more than reasonable. Uh, like, it's sufferably reasonable to the point where you go, <laughs> come on, mate. You could, he's betrayed your trust, you, this kid. At best, he may be endangering like uh, America or the the East Coast, but we may all die in a nuclear explosion. But like, 
you know, maybe, maybe he has, maybe the kid's a prick. <laughs> maybe yeah. you could think that. You don't have to be quite so. You know how nice is this uh, this kid's mum's? Uh, oh, I was going to say he he is still trying to bone him, his mum. So yeah, I mean he's in he's in there like swimwear as well. Like he gets oh, like, anyway. We'll just rewind a little bit. Oh, this is supposed to be expectations. So Abby, you, you mm-hmm. didn't, have, you didn't have much of an expectation. I had the lies that the trailer fed me. Right. Mm. Oh. I I'd not heard of it, uh, and I expected it to be wackier. It was about as much uh, as I was expecting. Um, hmm. No, I don't know. Like, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking it sounded great. The title suggests it's a sort of serious thing like uh, the Odessa file or the Ipcris file or any of the file movies. It's not called the Manhattan file. If it was if it was the called the Manhattan file, I would I should expect this kind of spy espionage thing. But I thought it sounded like what was that? We did another one about an operation, did we? Where it's about like time travel. It's like a milit like the Navy oh, yeah, and the experiment. Philadelphia experiment. I was expecting it maybe to be that direction. Like, I d- the start of the film, when the kid starts making his own nuclear bomb or whatever, you're like, oh, is he going to have an accident and become like the Hulk or something? You know? Like, I, I thought he might. Oh, Abby, who did you suggest would, would happen? Well, what oh, the Toxic you... Avenger. You thought he might become the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> I think I'd probably call it the Toxic Avenger in that case, not the Manhattan mm. Project. But then he could have become Dr. Manhattan or anything, really. I mean, it would have been more fun. Maybe a green version of Dr. Manhattan or Teen Manhattan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the clue, the clue was there that it was going to be about nuclear bombs, but for some but, reason it didn't click. Well, a nuclear bomb, yes, but a nuclear bomb in the hands of a maniac could cause an accident that makes a superhero. It's The thing that strikes me particularly weird about this film, having now watched it and had my expectations confounded, was that a domestic terrorist is taken very lightly. Mm -hmm. Uh, The army are called in eventually in a kind of, well, Fraser's dad is called in (laughs) at a few Mm -hmm. guns. Uh, But it's very much like a white privilege thing of oh, boys will be boys, eh? It doesn't matter that a thief broke into a government facility, stole a dangerous chemical or whatever, potential uh, with potential nuclear ramifications. Maybe ir- irradiated everything he came in the vicinity oh, of. Definitely irradiated everything. Oh, that 100%. plays in. That plays in not at all. I mean, we've seen that it apparently makes four leaf clovers have more leaves. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> this kid is a criminal who broke into a facility, stole stuff, damaged loads of things. Uh, then he made a bomb and actually became a terrorist. And that when they call him a terrorist, there's a bit of like the you know the good characters are like, oh come on now. Uh, I don't, he, he don't use the word terrorist so lightly. I mean, he's just a kid trying to blow up <laughs> the world. <laughs> like, literally don't know what he's doing. Uh, so he's he's an actual do- domestic terrorist, and at no point in this is it, like, treated as such. I mean, the army are a little bit like, this is bad, we've got to stop him. But everyone is, it's like, there's a, like a smacking together of the hands at the end of this, like, oh, what are you going to do? 
um, arrest you both. He he seems to be coasting under the notion that well I'm a minor. What are they going to do? Um, do they not? Do criminal children <laughs> like, not get any? You in the head. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I mean, for one, this is one of those films where it's like you're clearly meant to be on the kid's side, and you're supposed to think like, oh, the military, you know, they're just the angry, shooty bastards. But I'm like, no, I'm with them. <laughs> they should be taking this kid out with a sniper rifle. Oh, 100%. It's so, it's so odd to make a film that makes you sympathise with the man and the government <laughs> and the army. Uh, but it does. It, it shouldn't, but it does. Because it, it's so unjustified. You could even be on the side of, oh, the government shouldn't keep secrets about where they put, uh, where they create nuclear weapons, or they shouldn't keep uh, the real, the truth about what what's being made. You know, in, in like how, they talked see- a good game, yeah, but then just absurdness happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it, it it's it's remarkable the pace at which the shenanigans happens. But I think. It might be worth talking about the start of the film a little more, the setup of the characters, before we get into how infuriating this young man is and his fucking insolent plan that goes remarkably well. So, uh, is it this guy we get first in his little room full of uh, fun experiment, fun experiments, and uh, ginger men with levers and things? With what? Ginger men and leather, leathers, le- leathers. There we go with a V in the middle. Oh, leathers. Who's leathers. leathers? No, I thought he said leathers as well. <laughs> I was like, I'm watching a very different film to me. Okay, there was a lot of middle-aged scientists, one of which had a handsome ginger beard, and I think yeah. people pulled levers and made lasers and stuff happen. Right? There was definitely let's all get too close to the equipment and stare at it. Uh, <laughs> All the government. You hand over things that light, so it looks sparky and cool. Yeah, I I do enjoy like movie scenes like that where it's all kind of like pulling levers and pressing buttons and you know just kind of doing things. You know, (laughs) I find it kind of meditative. You'd love the film like Frankenstein. Then that's that's got all all sorts of stuff like that. Mm. Or chemistry lab, lots of different coloured. Hey, we all like uh, Breaking Bad, eh? It's f- well fun. Sure. Mad, mad scientists or just normal scientists, all very fun. I was kind of just thinking, uh, why aren't these guys, you know, wearing, you know, PPE and things or standing further they back? lab coats on. What more do you need? They took all their watches <laughs> off. Like, they, for some reason, got given their watches back at the end. Uh, as if, oh, the magnets or something in watches would ruin the experiment. Or be affected by radiation. I don't know. I did like the the first thing you see after you see the sign, like you know, magnets do not have any metal. It cuts to all the military people with all their like metal badges and hoops on their things. It's like, okay. mm. yeah. But uh, you know, you you can sort of look past the initial. Okay, whatever. It's a demonstration, or whatever. And uh, Lithgow and his scientists have suitably impressed some men in suits from the government. And they're all like uh, holding their paper cups in the air in celebration. They're like, hey, we're all getting given the go ahead to make a small version of a bomb. Like it's just a small, more powerful nuclear bomb. 99.99 blah, blah, blah percent 
reoccurring percentage better bomb than before or something, right? We have a whole graph where it spikes heavily and everyone goes, ooh, what's that mean? Don't we? It's basically, it's really, really good bomb, guys. It's a real, real, real powerful little bomb, you know? You, have you seen the holy hand grenade in Worms? It's just like that. Brilliant. Love it. I mean, it is a little vague because, you know, it, it could be for nuclear power. <laughs> yeah. You keep telling but, yourself. You know, <laughs> that's not going to be a movie. <laughs> they're making Fat Man and Little Boy or whatever they're called. The new Mark II. Um, but that's the idea anyways. Oh, well done, Mr. Scientist. We don't know if he's going to be like a bad guy or not at this point as well. They sort of set it up as if maybe Lithium yeah. was a prick. And, uh, or, or potentially going to be the unwitting fool who does something terrible. Uh, and he gets, like, they make a big shipment down to, is it Ichita? Ithaca. Ithaca, all right. No, so it's not, I thought it was like the Wichita London song, but they left the W out. Uh, <laughs> Ithaca, right. Where is that? Do we know? It's in New York State. Oh, of course, because they're right by New York and all that, aren't they? Because like, they they go there to go, they, do they go to they go to Manhattan because it's the Manhattan Project. Got got to have a scene in Manhattan. Yeah, but that's the that's the idea. So that all move like a there's some sort of factory set up um, that isn't legit. Like they're saying it's one thing and it's something else. Um, and then John Lithgow tries to get laid. <laughs> it's his downfall. The poor guy just tries to have sex and it ruins everything, puts the whole world in danger. He's got a terrible game on as well. Like he he goes from like he goes to get like an apartment set. Uh he goes to a state agent to sort out an apartment. And his approach to getting a date or seeing the woman he fancies was just like a normal woman. <laughs> like, you know, there's a thing there's a thing about her that says, Oh my god, she's a knockout or she's some sort of definite like there's there's plenty of fish in the sea, I'm thinking. But okay, so it's this guy's getting older, middle aged, single, loves books, uh <laughs> is a scientist. He's not got you know, he might have some money, but there's not much going from him hit for him. But he's like trying to hit on this uh estate agent who who the approach well, the approach he's taking is I'll just take whatever apartment you say, and presumably you'll be suitably impressed with how agreeable I am and getting you a sale, and then you'll agree to have a date with me. I took it more as she's probably the only woman he's seen in months. <laughs> just full of beardy ginger men <laughs> and balding specky specky blocks. Mate, he just hasn't got a very good game, and then it's like. What was really odd? So he's tr- he's trying this approach. We, you know, to me, I'd be like at least see the apartment, and you get to spend more time with this woman you fancy, and you might be able to flirt more and like tease out more information so that you can ask her for a coffee or whatever. But whatever, he f- fumbles the ball until what's the name of our young male protagonist? I don't remember. That's how important he is. Same for him. <laughs> what's his name? Paul. It. it is Paul. Oh. <laughs> is it Paul? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> what? Yeah. How's he like you're joking me? Like. No, his name's Paul. Good. I remembered. That's all. Paul. Oh, how good would this film be if it was Paulie Shaw instead? 
science, buddy. Like, just take it around. Not. Oh, yeah. Oh, it would be better. It would be better. <laughs> I don't care. Um. Anyway, Paul turns up fresh from uh, pranking people in school, which I guess we could talk about in a minute. But, like, uh, luckily her teenage son comes in and is holding science books. And then instantly John Lithgow's like, hmm, I've just remembered. I'm actually a paedophile. <laughs> I'm not going to hit on your son now. And I'm going to be like, oh, you're into science here. Well, I've got a sexy laser. You could, he literally says sexy laser. Mm. And you got a sexy laser you can come see. And he's sort of bragging to this guy <laughs> that's just come in and basically asks Paul out on a date. Do you want to come see my cool science lab set up if you're interested in physics? And then Paul's like, uh, yeah. That's, I guess if you want to fuck my mum, you could show me around where you work. And uh, that, that basically, you know... <laughs> dooms everyone to potential nuclear annihilation, which is uh, fun, right, guys? Yes, fun. That's the word. What do you guys guys make of Paul and his hilarious pranks? I thought he was dead behind the eyes and didn't trust him (laughs) from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who is well into science in general. Uh, is an amateur nuclear f- physicist, it seems. He just seems to be a know-it-all nerd. Not like, but like a blonde, vaguely handsome, normal kid. Not like a proper Poindexter, but like a nice kid who knows his stuff and is a bit cocky. Uh, and he's in class, and the kid they don't like, I don't know, I don't know why they don't like this. We don't really get any development of characters, per se, so... There's just one kid in class. I guess he's a bit of a know, uh, an alternate know-it-all. What's what's Paul's rival called? Like, fuck it, oh, I didn't know Paul's mm. name. So, Matt. They say his last name. Wait, I'll find out. He looked like Napoleon Dynamite, right? That guy. Oh, I think he had like. Yes. I think he had dark hair. Glasses. Yeah, broadly speaking. He just looked like a nerd. More of a nerd. I don't know. Hold on, I know his name was in the trivia in IMDb. There was a weird bit of trivia about him going on to invent the internet in the his Roland. Roland. Paul's science class nemesis Roland invented the internet as his science fair project. That's nice. That's in the 80s, so that's before anyone knew what the fuck that was, so it couldn't even work as a joke. So Roland, the kids in the other class don't like him for some reason, probably just Jewish or something. They're just racist. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, Paul's hilarious prank is he's got some stupid chemical to demonstrate that he's clever, that he knows that if once it dries, you touch it, it explodes or something. And so they put that on some drawer next to where Roland sits, and they wait for the hilarity to ensue of someone getting horrifically injured, presumably, or any sort of accident waiting to happen hurting and killing someone and then the kid's gonna you know at least be expelled from school after this right guys you know it could easily I would hope so hurt someone but at the same time no there proof. was no proof i guess well roland when he does like you know he gets out there's a bunch of questions from the teacher and then roland smugly answers and then for no reason after not closing the drawer for a while just closes it apropos of nothing and then it kind of makes a firework like explosion happen and then it's like, ha, ha, ha. And then instantly Ron's like, he did it. 
it's like a you don't know i mean he might bully you all the time but like what proof do you have and also is that an a plus for doing a re knowing about chemicals should his, should his teacher be impressed or expel him what do you guys think no proof expel because he's up to this kind of shit all the time he's clearly a dickhead i mean so yeah that's paul bullier smug chemistry nerd um and he he gets the girls right well he gets the woman from sex in the city when she was young <laughs> he pulls her by doing nothing and being awkward oh but actually no not awkward smug and clever and opening her car right she's got a She's locked her car keys in her glove box and has lost the glove box keys. And then Paul is like a smart ass who can uh, you know, open the lock, um, jiffy it open and be like, hmm, here you go. And then she's like, do you want to have a study date slash get your dick sucked at my house later? And he's sort of all right with it, isn't he? He's not that plussed. Not that fussed, I mean, you know? What do you guys make? Uh, what is the woman from Sex and the City? The, the, in Sex and the City, she's the ginger one. And it, but in this, she's the long-haired blonde one. And has, Her name uh, is Cynthia Nixon, and she plays Jenny. She's a lovely denim jacket full of, is it badges or something? Very, very 80s, cute stuff. Yeah, I don't know why a woman who clearly has a brain in her head wants anything to do with this dickhead scheme. I don't know why she wants to, you know, potentially have him as a boyfriend. And I don't know why she goes along with his mad plans. For definite, like it just, just no. Well, yeah, that's the worst thing about this for me. It would like one guy having a mad scheme is fine. Guys, men have bad schemes. It happens. True that. But for this, the way that every single person reacts to it in the wrong way that absolutely vexes me. <laughs> it's infuriating how the movie character, like in like, just the characters all. Never question that Paul is correct in what he's doing. I mean, a few people, like, I guess there's an element of you shouldn't do this. It's, it's risky. But not, it's morally wrong, stupid, dangerous, and uh, sort of out of nowhere. Like, like the, the general thing seems to stem from Paul gets a tour from John Lithgow. Uh, I don't know, what was his, does he have a name in the story? John. John's name is John. Helpful. And he's a, some sort of uh, clever scientist. With He's, you know, he it knows about nuclear stuff and has made a weapon or is working on it. And mm. so, it, and he loves lasers because it's the 80s. Um, so he's like, I know, come come for a tour. I'll be really friendly. I'll be really wholesomely friendly to you and, and like a reasonable stepfather figure because I'm hoping to have sex with your mum. But it never turns, like, selfish. He, he just seems to be being normal. I don't know. The, this is one of the few films where John Lithgow's character doesn't do much of anything wrong. Apart from bringing in, like, someone to a secret government facility and give him a tour. That is wrong. He's an idiot for doing that. It's this mistake he made, and he will learn from that mistake. Uh, he does flip out a bit at the end. Oh, he does go mad. Yeah. everyone hostage with a nuclear bomb. He's got, he's got you there, Abby. He does go. That's crazy. true. He did wig. I can't. I can't dispute you. Although you're right, it's like this. This is more normal than I'm used to seeing John Lithgow. 
I mean, there are points where it, you know it, it's it's slipping through the kind of weirdness that he does. His personal brand of mania, but the, it's the perfect role to go crazy because you give a kid trust and you show him around, and then he betrays you. Like it, you should take against him, and the fact that you know there should be perhaps even Paul could be more jealous. This guy, like he should be more. No, I don't want you to be with my mum and stuff. But Paul doesn't seem to care about that. He seems quite. He seems to have it in hand. He's mature, he's in that sense mature enough to not care. But um. So the fact that they have this wholesome, we can be friends about this and uh, we understand each other, despite Paul acting like a complete prick and uh, betraying his trust time and time again, I, I didn't really understand. But the, the tour, we should talk about that. Well, there's not that much to say, but in and off the tour itself, he just went around the building and showed him everything. But like you said, where they weren't bringing any equipment, it looks like a sterile environment. And then they go in directly from the outside without having decontaminated. There is that guy in a lab coat who just has his arms behind his back. That's kind of funny, and he doesn't talk. He just sort of shows him in without speaking. I have been personally referring to that man as Dr. Creep. (laughs) And he's the best thing in it. His his elbows sticking out and being like... "Hmm." He basically explains the motion sensors on the way in, right? Like uh, Paul's like, what are those? And he's like... Their motion sensors. He's like, what does that do? They protect movement. <laughs> Duh, dickhead. Sorry, Abby, but yeah, there's no decontamination per se. Or I mean, they got nice bits of, you know, paint on the floor to say, you know, walk on this side or that side or something. It's almost like they took a pre-existing place, like maybe I don't know, milk bottling or something like that. So it's got the right it's sort of layout, right? But then not actually put any thought into how it would be different for nuclear devices. In fairness, I'm no Homer Simpson. I don't know all about plutonium and safety like he does. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know what lab they, they're in. I don't know. I couldn't tell you all the things that were wrong, but it felt wrong. Like it didn't feel like there was enough caution being used. Even the security guard later on, he puts on like a a vest that covers the front of him. And you're like, okay, your your vital organs are protected. But then he turns around and you go, aren't your organs exposed at the back now? Why do you need... You don't have like an all-over thing for your face. Like, it felt like this environment needs to be taken... They need to be more cautious in this environment. And maybe... Is there not a bit more to it than this? Than you sign a kid in and just go, yeah, kid, have a look around? I don't know. Did it strike you as weird to you, Anthony, or were you like, oh, whatever, I don't understand this world? It did. It was It was there. There was definitely moments when you're like, I'm guessing there should be more doors or more seals at this place. Just those... I, do, I, I do like a lab. Like I said. <laughs> so, ooh, ga- ga- gantries and ooh, green things in, a, in an orb. Yeah, that's Is cute. it just me? Or did the glittery stuff in the tubs look like the same stuff that you get inside those wiggles those bit of plastic <laughs> that you squeeze and then it like shifts on I mean it did look all too like uh, something Dave and Phillips would be chucking over you it, it did look a lot too much like shampoo with glitter <laughs> it's handy that it looks like some sort of uh, VO5 with glitter in or what it, what it actually looked like he swapped was like uh, fairy liquid or something, hmm. like special uh, glitter fairy liquid. 
But like when we so the idea is that there's little bits of metal plutonium inside the greed goo that gets uh, moved about and monitored and tracked and science stuff happens too. And there's also lasers being used in the same room because why not? Keep everything in one room. That's science, isn't it? That laser, <laughs> yes, should have destroyed the lab. Yes, because there was one point where he turned it down to do something. But then when he turned it up later, it just, like, that went out the side of the building, outside, to fuck knows where. <laughs> well, when, when Paul starts using the lasers like it's a video game and he's do, solving a mirror puzzle, he should have cut through everything. But, yeah, when they, like, um, I guess the other thing... Uh, John does wrong is he's like, I'll show you this cool laser that we've got here. And he lights his cigar on it, like, hmm, aren't I, Mr. Smarty Band Scientist? And then Paul's suitably unimpressed. And then he melts through some metal fucking uh, slab. But yeah, what, what does that laser not cut through that to the behind? Like, yeah, what are we? <laughs> he at least pointed that at the ceiling. We, don't we need some sort of, I mean, call it a lab-type environment where the thing behind the... La- something that doesn't get cut by the laser keep, keeps everything else safe? I mean, just don't keep your laser in a room with everything else. Like, but, I but don't what's think... not going to get cut by that laser? It literally cut through a slab of metal in a second. Yeah. It's, it, is, it is weird. And uh, it's just like separate your nuclear fission from your fucking laser beams, I think. not the thing you want anywhere near your plutonium like yeah it sort of has the same approach to science that um electric dreams has to computers (laughs) it's like oh you know (laughs) if it feels right do it (laughs) we can smoke cigars in the lab it's fine yeah goggles what are those oh they do have goggles at one point i don't know sometimes ppe is used i just think hazmat suits feels right even if it's wrong (laughs) Just, just don't let any fuck. Just, just don't let any fucker in your lab to show off to someone's <laughs> son. Like I don't know. But the, the what, what's what's really weird. So Paul is invited here on a whim. He doesn't really know what he's in for, apart from being shown a big laser. And as far, little do we know, but he's clocking everything and may and and for slowly forming a plan because he, upon one showing of this place, I guess has a mental blueprint and. Uh, a sly way of figuring out how to steal plutonium. <laughs> somehow knows how their security works. Somehow knows that there's only going to be one guard. <laughs> yeah, being told there's He knew more... that from being there once. That yeah. didn't even occur to me when I watched it that he knew that. <laughs> he knows they've got motion sensors that are set off by anything moving. He knows they'll have a camera. And he, I guess, serendipitously gets access to John's IDs. And by gets access, I mean literally steals them. He, he gets sees that they, they, they exist and is instantly like, well, what's yours is mine. Um, and you're just like, okay, maybe, well, he has the tour, the penny hasn't dropped, that he needs to come back here and meddle. But he, plausibly, the thing that he could have done is figure out that this isn't your normal lab. Whatever the front for the business is, he knows enough about science to know, oh, they're not they got. They're making plutonium, or they're up to. They must be making a warhead or something because I've seen inside now. Like, and therefore that isn't. That's not something that has been on the news. The public doesn't know. They 
it's potentially dangerous. It's potentially unethical. Journalists should be contacted, and the public should know that. That I can understand him realizing that. But at no point should he come to the conclusion I should break in and steal some of the plutonium for myself. No. Let alone not ever. Like that's his initial plan that he tells his shitty girlfriend, <laughs> and then he's like, "But actually, I'm not even. That's that's my plan. But actually, I want to make a bomb." And but when I even up to that step, I can I can I can buy. It's like okay, we need proof that they've got it. We'll take it and we'll show it. Yes, yeah, it, it, it might not it, believe. But the next step is just like when that happens, I'm like, oh, this is where the film is going. Yes, mm. <laughs> and it's like no, like it's just if your if your thinking is I need to get proof of from the inside that 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 this is a nuclear facility of some kind, break in, take some pictures or something, or you know bring something to prove uh, to journalists who might not believe a high school kid. You know I can understand that, sure. Like, but it, it is like um, well now that I've come up with an elaborate plan to steal. Uh, material to make an atom bomb. I'm just gonna fucking. I'm gonna do a whole other thing. I'm gonna try and win a, a science fair. <laughs> Not even that doesn't even. His make sense. obsession with winning the science fair, even when the United States military have come and are threatening him, he wants to wait until after the science fair so he can win with a nuclear bomb. Just. And the and the rosette for best science project goes to the domestic terrorist holding us all hostage. Here you go. <laughs> uh, just it's very odd. Like, okay, the 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 thing that really like so I was I was accepting the movie until it, he didn't just come out. It wasn't we didn't see it like a montage of him figuring out a plan and executing it. He mentions it to his girlfriend on his like like we I think we jump cut from like. Uh, I don't know if there's a date or something. Like he goes on a date with jo- John and his mum. Like he, they all go as a family on the first date, which is bizarre. And he, they dress up like dogs' dinners and have a dogs' dinner. It, go on, Anthony. It's definitely less than a week bef- um, between first meeting John and then him going around to uh, Jenny's house. Right. But he has seen that, like, I think he gets like a cardigan from his mum's, from John's car for his mum because she's cold in the restaurant, and then sees he has a snoop in the glove box and sees uh, there's a envelope with all of uh, the window down unlocked car of a scientist has an unlocked glove box. I th- or maybe the glove box is locked. I can't. Maybe Jiffy's it. I can't remember. But he keeps all of his IDs in an envelope in the car <laughs> that he just doesn't lock. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe John had, maybe Paul had the key, I don't know. But, like, he finds, he has all these ideas and, and like, clocks it. And then that's when the seed of, like, oh, I can break into this lab. And then he explains to his girlfriend within the week, as you say, uh, possibly the same fucking day, I can't remember. But, like, he, he goes there and and he's, I think it's jump cut to him just talking with a small child next to him. <laughs> <laughs> we really he's quick. talking to her little I can't remember what gender that child Brother. was sibling, Brother. little sibling and just the way that he talks to them like they're an adult was kind of cute. that was kind of cute 
Uh, see, we, we don't know the context as well. So he's just talking and going, isn't that right, small child? And the kid's like, yeah, I think your science is spot on. And then we see that he's at the babysitting gig with the, his girlfriend or whatever. And then so he, he you know, he tells her about the lab that he's been to and that it, we should at least get proof and t- tell people about it or something. There's a general sense of we've got to sneak in there and get some proof of what I know so we can... Mm. Uh, ethically tell the world about it. That's the thinking. So I can understand maybe her April O'Neill instincts kicking in. There's there's some suggestion that she needs to get credit for this as a journalist or something, is it? Like, it's not only yeah. does he want to make a bomb, she has to get the scoop. Because she's also a student. I don't know if she's trying to, like, use this to get into college, but you're not going to get into a college if, you've, if you're an accessory to Terrorism. A, a terrorist. Not any college I know, although they, you know, we've got the money, maybe. Mm. Harvard takes. Before we move on from this scene, though, what the hell does does he put in the blender? Some sort of pureed peach. Well, semi-pureed peaches. Yeah, I think it is like a pureed product. They give it to the kid. They blend it though, so it can't be that pureed, right? Yeah, but it's going to be like some kind of fruit. Disgusting tinned fruit, Anthony. Okay, we think. Uh, also, they keep trying to highlight how he's a genius because he thinks slightly laterally, in that he just uses a, a he jiffies things all the time. Like, so she's struggling to get this canned stuff out of the tin for no reason, and he's like, "Got a screwdriver or a knife?" And she's holding a knife, and she's like, "Oh, in the drawer there." I mean, you're holding a knife, don't know, right? And he then does something with a can and then blows the. Uh, the fruit substance out and you're like oh isn't he a genius not really though because she could have just used a spoon also (laughs) disgusting (laughs) (laughs) but you know we're emphasizing all the time paul's a fucking lateral thinker he's clever he's got tricky ways and means to do stuff we're supposed to like him i think yeah i think we are yeah i don't so he's got it in his head. His ulterior motive is, I want to make a nuclear bomb because for the, for the lols, see if I can do it and win, win the prize uh, at the science fair. And, I don't know, still have to pay to go to a fancy university after all this. Um, or jail. Uh, but, you know, he's at least, we need to let people know about this. So his plan, which is quite elaborate and bold and arrogant and involves information he couldn't possibly have, is play it plays out for us and it fucks me off that they do it that night like oh there's a thunder there's a thunderstorm perfect cover for my elaborate plan that i've barely explained do you want to just drive me down and we'll uh jump out and do a plan sounds great i've already played with a remote control a remote control car in the house to set that up i've got all kinds of stuff in my bag that's going to help me get away with this let's do it uh Abby, do you want to take us through the uh, things he does? He's got, you know, he's got a remote control car, frisbees. Uh, he ad libs a thing with mirrors. Do you want to take us through his approach? It's not that it's a bad approach. Hmm. It's that you can't think of that in the space of a couple of hours. And have he the used... gall to do it as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's on my own with her. With my girlfriend who's up for it for some reason. He. Using the electrical storm as cover, first he nobbles the cameras, 
Then he oh, no, uses... no, the, the car thing is the first thing, isn't it? Because they have to play damsel in distress. So he jumps in the boot with his kit, right? Remember? Yes. He comes out of the boot. She continues to distract. He goes inside. He uses two frisbees to set off the motion detectors, which was which I thought was a good idea until he then had to go and run after them to get them back. So it's like, well, couldn't you set off the motion detectors by running and not throwing the frisbees? Ah, but they happen simultaneously both ways. It has to look like they've all gone off. Because he fucked with the camera as well. Like he pops, the security guard is like, I'll go, I'll let a woman in who has, who's all like, oh, I don't know where I am. I'm an attractive teen. Uh, I'm dumb and I can't fix my car or something. So it's like, I'll let you, the, the security guard, the one security guard lets her in. And so while she's distracting things, he tampers with the camera so they're all off. Okay. And then he has to set it. So if the if they're playing up, it could be the storm. And if all of the sensors are going off, it could be the storm, I think is the logic they're using, right? Okay. Then he just he uses uh John's Gone. card to get into the lab. Fucks around in the lab for a bit. Knows how to operate everything. Yep. Yes. But the thing that bothers me the most is that he's already decided that the best way out is to cut a hole through the insulation in the wall and then use the laser to cut a hole in the wall to put the little car outside instead of going outside through a hole in the wall that he's made. Mm. Yeah. Uh, There's a, you know... The car is completely unnecessary. It's just there for a bit of peekaboo weirdness, including a tiny little driver in the car who can look from side to side and look confused. That's where it lost me. That doesn't happen. Remote control cars, does it? It's elaborate. It seemed like he ad-libbed the mirror thing with the lasers as well. Like he, he sort of pushes... I mean, first of all, he's fucking dicking around with a wall full of like nuclear reactive material, <laughs> and he's like using all the the computers and machinery to pluck one of the samples. So he's he's he brought a rigged bottle of VO five or something, or that looks like uh very liquid with it's got like I don't know what's it called uh, glitter in to substitute in a pot that. Uh, Abby, you seem to notice it didn't have a lid or something when he used it. It didn't put... have a sticker on the lid, but in retrospect, the machine might sticker it. Yeah. So I, I'll allow it. He does a he does a the old switcheroo with some goop, and takes the the plutonium for himself. I think it is, uh, and so he uses all that easy peasy. He knows the security card will be busy with the car. There's no one else there, and there's no other way to get caught, and there's no scientists working there or. Luckily, even the security guard complains that oh, I'd, I'd prefer a guard dog to all this technology. Um, so he's completely right and lucky. And he does a little bit of sneaking. There's a bit of sneaking and hiding, but mostly he just uh, gets on with it, right? And his plan was, it looked like, to ad-lib the mirror thing to cut a laser in the side of the wall. It, did, it looked like he had the idea when he saw that they have mirrors lying about for no reason. And he bolts them. And doesn't put them all back where they were from. Like he puts one back, and then the rest, I guess, he just leaves and hopes they won't notice a, a hole in the wall, and b that there's like VO five instead of the pla- the plutonium in the machine. They don't know. They don't realize quickly enough. There's been a break in. But yeah, Abby, you're right. He could climb out through that hole he cuts, 
puts the car And yeah, out. he has to get over a fence after that. But that's got to be easier than what he actually did. And yeah. the thing that I had was, like, it wasn't really unclear. It, it was really unclear why he couldn't just put it in his bag and leave through the front door. Yeah, because he mean, was planning to go that on. way anyway. Yeah, exactly. It is later on because it's like there's obviously some sort of plutonium detector. <laughs> yeah, I, I assumed it would be some kind of detector problem. But that's or, why you leave out of the hole in the wall. Mm. Or if he has to, like, uh, if plutonium is dangerous or radiate, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's in a safe state. I don't know. But if it's ra- if it's there's radioactivity, maybe he has to wear like a suit, can't handle it, so he has to put it on something remote controlled to so keep it at distance till he can transport it to some safe way to contain. Like if there had been, I can't touch it too closely without hazmat on or some like something to protect me, fucking lead suit or whatever. I, I understand, but he does just hold it in his hand the rest of the time. So, yeah, just just uh, you know, prick around with a remote control car and make a security guard slowly like looking like like oh, is it round the box? No, nope, I definitely heard something. Is it round this side of the box? Nope. Oh well, this is that's me checking this vague outside area that's clearly nothing with some barrels of <laughs> biohazards out there for some reason. Yeah, and it's just if based on how he did it as well, he could have just used a bolt cutter to get through the fence, and then cut a hole in the wall. Maybe was you know like he could have just cut a hole in the wall anyway because it wasn't that thick metal, or snuck in the back door, or like a, a bolt cutter seems to be like a really simple burglar's tool <laughs> that could have easily been used at this facility. And there was no sense that the, the like I guess he needed to turn the cameras off, so he had he couldn't just approach from any side perhaps. They need. They did need the ruse, but ah, oh, Jesus Christ! The fact that it's right, Abby. The fact he had to go collect the frisbees and stuff was so stupid. Anyway, but yeah, he uses a remote control car in the outsidey bit, and then still has to sort of time his exit through the main entrance, right? Oh no, no. Well, he doesn't. He bags up stuff. How does he get out of the facility? He has to run to the to the car when she's leaving, right? Yeah. Oh, he pop. He pops to the front. And it's like five more minutes, and then his is sort of semi-girlfriend is like, I will um, hide the the nuts from the car while the nice man who has turned up to fix my... Like, the guy in a massive vehicle who was called by the security turns up to fix the tyre that they've pretended... They, well, they've you know made it flat so they can have a reason to be stuck there. And then she's like, hides them to give him more time to escape and then jump in the boot later. But like, Wow, just the just the ease at which he does it is so it's infuriating. Not something I'm rooting for at all. And who who is this? The the, the guy who comes to fix the car is talking to the security guard like, for that fucking teenager's hot. I'd fuck her. <laughs> it's like um, age appropriate, mate. She's not in sex in the city yet. She's not in the city, yeah. and you're not having sex with her. Get over it. I thought that was weird. There's a definite like dirty fucking pervs vibe to them. I don't care for. <laughs> and there was that really weird bit where there's like a coffee and some sugar. Oh, and when he's when the kid is like you know wrapping everything up and putting the the monitors back on, he just puts some sugar in the coffee. Yeah, just the the that literal icing on the tea of oh, I've not only is the security guard been completely done by some kid who tampered with his monitor and f- fucking broke in. Like, uh, he's also got two sugary tea now. 
Also, he pours tea, he pours extra sugar in after the tea would have gone cold, right? Or the coffee. Do you know what I mean? You were not having that after. Like, you spent ages faffing with a woman in a broken car. You don't come back in and go, oh, well, have that stone cold tea now, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like it's got seven sugars in. Oh, well. Yeah. Well remembered. Anyway, they stolen the green goop, guys. Hooray! Hey! Well, he's put everything in a position where they won't be found out until later on. The button goes back on the the camera machine so that when it's fixed, it looks fine. It's all very clever and elaborate and genius. And, uh, of course, now they have the proof, they can just go to the press and uh, endanger everyone at the press office with radiating goop. <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> How oh, that what? kid didn't die from um, radiation poisoning, I don't know. Maybe he did, he just not straight away. His skin just <laughs> starts falling off after this film finishes. <sighs> he should have been shot, is the truth of it. Yeah. So many times he should have been. <laughs> so what happens where he goes from we got this stuff to I know, I'll build a bomb? Cue to montage. Jaunty montage of building a bomb. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, tremendous. I, 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 was, I was physically upset. It was just... <laughs> it's long. And it, it was and the it... music. It was the music. It was like it just gave it this tone of jaunty teenage romance. Yeah, romance. It was romantic, if anything. <laughs> like he's going to make love to the bomb. Building a nuclear bomb. Yeah, and like it's, it was so absurd, I had to laugh at that. It, oh, it was it was hysterical. It was and you could see all the little bit like oh wired like all the cliched things like clocks and wiring and all the bullshit like <laughs> that he's put together to make this bomb. And uh, then they're like, right, great, let's take this to let's take it in a box marked wild animals because uh, our plan is to take we're going to pretend we we got hamsters. <laughs> Uh, for the science fair, we're going to pop on. They pop on the coach or something. They definitely are on a coach at some point. They pop down to the wherever the like it's somewhere in the city in New York or whatever. Yeah, they're having. Before we move on from the montage, though, there are two points. Yeah, that I have to bring up. One where he seemingly buys a stick of C four from someone for sixty dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why do you... they went to school together, and now he's in the military, even though. Like our kid's only seventeen. <laughs> what? Yeah, like I get that. There's occasionally dubious army dudes who have access to military stores and they can maybe siphon a few things off. I mean, sure, there's definitely money to be made by criminals working within the army. But what? How do you know? Like you have C four now. You could have. You don't need to make a nuclear bomb. <laughs> you could have just bought C four. Well, that not that enough to be a terrorist? Like, no, no, I have to win a prize as well. <laughs> yeah, what was the other point? Had a good, that was a worthwhile point. Yeah. And the other bit was just, like, uh, all the, the pointless bits of him playing football and he's in the goals. Well, you see, and... he has to have the idea for some sort of net. Like, the shape of a, of a football or, a, I guess, a soccer ball in his case. Yeah. Is this hexagons that spread out, and he's like, "Oh, he's like planning on the computer with his nerd friend, his computer nerd friends." Like, "Oh, maybe we could make a mesh like this, and that'll be the perfect shape for a some bit, you know, bomb. Who even cares?" 
But definitely through the month until that happened, you're like, why are they showing him playing football? I know it was so inexplicable. <laughs> like it was like the arrogance of Paul again. Like not only is he creating a new, learning how to make a nuclear bomb, but he also is like living a hopeful and fulfilling life, doing other <laughs> activities. Ah, uh, here's me. Um, putting the bins out and having sex with my girlfriend and playing football, getting my schoolwork done and building a nuclear bomb. <laughs> and it kind of reminds there was a scene earlier on as well when they're in the nuclear lab and John Lithgow goes, oh, let's go look at the lake. And you're oh, like, yeah. what? And, and, and you know, that's obviously there to set up him finding the, the five-leaf clovers. But it was just, again, it's like, why have you come to the lake? Yeah, like, I, they're in the lab and, like... Paul is semi-interested, but not that much. And then Lithgow's like, Joe, what you really need to come to this lab for? Just throw one stone in the lake and talk about <laughs> how your your actual father used to be in Saudi Arabia or something. Yeah. Just to explain that like the old man's out of the picture. It was like really weird, creepy stepfather vibes very early <laughs> on. Oh dear, they that very well remembered. Oh my god, there's so many stupid bits. It is kind of a funny film to watch because it's full of bits that make you like you just scratch your head with with incredulity. This. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I would, you know, I I, I kind of have to recommend watching this film just for the laugh you're going to get from how absurd it is. <sighs> Do we laugh and be or just fuming? I was just fuming. <laughs> I I maybe laughed. A little bit somewhere towards the beginning. I had goodwill for a while, and then I didn't, <laughs> and I was furious. I think that montage was just oh, okay, yeah. awful. As soon as the plan <laughs> is, I've got a nuclear bomb. You're like, no. <laughs> like you, you can steal whatever shit you want, but you're not making a nuclear bomb and being the good guy in this. This is Doctor Robotnik. That was it. It was the moment that she like. The girlfriend says, right, we'll take it to my dad's friend at Cornell. He could find out what it is, and then we can tell the authorities. And she was saying lots of good things, and then he went, no. How about I make a nuclear bomb? No. Why, why that is that? exactly when I turned on a dime and was the angriest <laughs> I've ever been. Also, like this, why are we risking the life of this guy in Cornell? Like, I'll just take an unknown substance and test it. Oh, shit, I'm irradiated. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, what? Just, uh, yeah, oh, you're right. It is plutonium. I guess the government lied. Shock horror. And then as soon as they take it to him, he'll be like, you did what? <laughs> the fuck? Also, I think you're in trouble, kid. You broke in, right? Like, <laughs> this, you're, this is also bad for you, I think. And then, oh, he has the gold. He's like, uh, is it Wood? Wood? She name drops. Uh, we're going to be the next... Uh, Woodward and Bernstein? Is that what the guys the Watergate journalists' names, right? Yes. Well, anyway, she name-drops the Watergate journalists who blew, you know, took down Nixon's uh, well, took down, took down Nixon by, you know, the, the whole Watergate scandal guys. They're famous. Wood, Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, there were two there was a reference to two different famous things she made and both times she was like, what? What's that? Because it wasn't science. Yeah. Oh, Science. yeah. And Anne Frank was one of them. Yeah. Who's Anne Frank? Yeah. Like she thought it was a real person that she knew. I just like, just because I'm only, it's like my autistic dedication to science is the only thing I know about. I have no worldly experience, hence thinking it'll be fine to win a science fair with a nuclear bomb. 
So anyway, it does happen. <laughs> he makes the nuclear bomb, packs it off, gets to uh, the the fair, the science project fair thing where they're gonna there's like a whole setup. I think it's a real the, the trivia was like this was a real uh, Manhattan science fair that that some high school kids were doing, and they he sort of uh, sets is about to set up his stall with his uh, presumably they made signs some, at some point in the montage to say what they like. What do you put on the sign? I've made a nuclear bomb <laughs> for this prize. Please. If they take hamster signs as a route ruse but at some point they're going to flip those and he's going to be like ta-da yeah and everyone will go run fleeing from the building <laughs> um so but they meet a few they meet a few nerds who are uh-huh. doing the conversation in the movie on they're like <laughs> spying on all the other nerds with their um like audio telescope or whatever it is and they're like recording and listening to everyone and uh, they're like, hi, hello, I'm a Jewish kid and an ethnically different child and a white boy. And they're just like generic dogs. <laughs> and they're all like explaining what normal-ish science project things they're there to do. Um, and, I, and I don't think any of them are, like the listening in stuff is, none of them are doing that for their projects. So they're just, they just have a special uh, listening device, listening telescope or whatever the fuck it is. I mean, they could just be creepers because later on they're like listening next door in their hotel room. Oh, they're definitely creeps. That's why they're doing <laughs> it. But like, I thought at least that could be an experiment. I don't know. But they I think this film's passing it off as like mm, teenage boys be teenage boys, but with yeah. like equipment. Yes. Still. Mm. So Paul and his uh, girlfriend meet these people for at best five minutes. But they've made solid enough friends, right? <laughs> so that when, thankfully, they're little perverts listening in on people. So when uh, Paul, the army have been, like, basically, John Lithgow has been told something's up, and the army and helicopters are all fucking getting, getting called in and serious because some plutonium has been stolen. And Lithgow was like, oh shit, I think there's only one person who could have done this, my annoyingly intelligent uh, sort of girlfriend's. Child is broken in, um, but but basically, the army and Lithgow are onto them now, and uh, have to triangulate on where he's gone. Which is the, the like his mum lets them know that they've gone to like the the science fair <laughs> and explains why. Oh no, he does. She doesn't know why, right? She doesn't. She just thinks it's hamsters. Oh, fuck it, hell. Yeah, she has no idea. How much of a psycho her son is? Yeah, like not a clue. But so the CIA or army or FBI or all of them turn up and surround the get Paul and uh, sort of make uh, they put they like in a hotel room right at the at the whatever the science fair is, hmm. and then they burst in and they're like, "Oi!" And then weirdly, Paul Paul's girlfriend is like, "Uh." I don't. You don't have any right to come in here and tell us what you kind of like. I mean, maybe, but they're like the army, right? And he is a terrorist, and he, he's a thief anyway. Like they definitely are allowed now. Like I think there is a oh, you can't just do whatever you want, military men, the the man, the police. But it is like oh no, he's a danger. He has a nuclear weapon, so I think we're allowed. I think at that point, right, we're no longer on the side of Paul and his girlfriend. For their their <laughs> rights being trashed by the man, do, do you know what I mean? Like, are they are they right, or they shouldn't come in the room? 
What would they have a warrant, hmm, guys? They are totally in the right. Stop the They're nuclear at... disaster. Yeah, there's there's no... If, if not morally, then logically. Yes. So Paul is arrested by the military, taken to a separate room, uh, so you can use the classic uh, intimidating technique of uh, a desk lamp in your face <laughs> and, and men standing around you being stern and serious to find out where Paul has the nuclear bomb because it's not in the hotel room. Well, first we discover that it's not where it should be. Yeah, well, he does take he takes them to the car where where he's supposed to be after he caves like a pussy. <laughs> Tells them, yeah, it's missing, and Paul's like, I don't know where it is. And then Fraser's dad is like, Listen, son, stop messing around. This is, this is some serious shit. But honestly, I don't know where it is. And then we're all like, we could all be like, actually, there's no other characters in this movie. Who the fuck? <laughs> where, where is this bomb? <laughs> like, there's literally no one else. But what, what happens, Anthony? What does it turn out has happened to the bomb that was in the car? It turns out that the the creeper kids have taken it for some reason. I assume they they were still in the room, so they knew the military were coming for it. Yeah, they were listening in, so they yeah. know. So they take it. They they reason. hear they hear them they hear enough to know we should go nick it. Before, <laughs> but also they rescue Paul by they're like, Oh, no, what you know, it's just the FBI and the government and the army or whatever. Um, we can definitely burst in with fire extinguishers, <laughs> squirt them all in the face, <laughs> and not get shot at any but like how this didn't end up in a corridor full of dead teenagers. I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they did have that one kid who was constantly pulling on a lever, which was like, I. Turning all the lights on and off. Oh, and that, yeah, that, those <laughs> none of those kids should have been left unattended. Every <laughs> single one of those should have had a carer. Why? Why is there a room full of big levers that make the power surge on and off? Not only do the do the power go out and off, it sets off people's science projects. Like, oh yeah, because <laughs> if if heroes. If 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 you turn a plug off, your your shit explodes. Does it? Like, what are we? What experiments are they working on? <laughs> Makes no sense. But also, the the like what the unguarded hotel, unlocked unguarded hotel power generator room, or like some sort of where are they? Just in some maintenance area that they've gotten into somehow. Also, if you bring a, if you brought a nuclear bomb, you know, into the city, and you lock it in your boot, I mean, you got. You, you deserve to have your nuclear bomb stolen in the world. In the, what if these kids were baddies? Well, more baddies than Paul. They could have just stolen it and like, took the world to ransom. There was more of them as well. They, you know, trickier. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens, though. They've been, Paul's been rescued. Paul and his girlfriend are rescued with, with fire extinguishers, defeating men with guns, uh, military-trained men with guns. And uh, on how easy it is to defeat the military in... Almost every single piece of American media before 1990. This must have been a real inspiration for the Taliban. They must have watched this and thought, do you know what? <laughs> we can do it. The American army is not all that. Domestic terrorism seems like a cool idea. Um, yeah, so 
the thing, like, like because they're children, the thing they decide to do to escape, they get the nuclear bomb back from their now friends, apparently, who are willing to sacrifice themselves for the cause. Um, they ditch them in the science uh, project thing. They give up. They, Paul gives up his dreams of winning the prize. I kind of surprised this movie didn't end with him winning a fucking rosette or whatever, or lifting a cup for best science terrorism. Uh, <laughs> because they're children, they go home again. <laughs> they're like, where's the perfect place to hide from the FBI? We'll catch a bus home, obviously. <laughs> oh, and they, they add to their felonies, uh, along with domestic terrorism, theft, and espionage in general, uh, nicking someone's car, right? They stay in a... Where do they stay? <sighs> barn or something? Yeah, like an an apple storage barn. Should have worked in the apples into the science and stuff. Also, he was drugged. He was. They gave him sodium... I want to say pentothal. Yeah. But he got over that because he had a coach trip. It just made him into a normal human being for a few minutes. (laughs) Yeah, they, they uh, nick someone's car. That's fine. Uh, someone's van or whatever. To, or he, like, what point does he start like negotiating with? Like, he makes uh, negotiations to get the nuclear bomb handed over by, like, I'll give it to you if John Lithgow admits that the scientists are up to something behind the scenes. Uh, when it's a signed document saying that you you done a you done a naughty, um, and then I'll give you. I'll swap the bomb. At the factory, or, or not the what the is it a no a science lab, right? Yeah, I want to go back to the lab where this came from, and then I'm going to sit on the floor for a few minutes, <laughs> and not know what to do with myself. I what was his plan? Like, I don't understand. Didn't have one because he's a fucking twat. It's not. It's not like <laughs> let's contact the media and tell them bring their cameras. Like, I guess he'd be then he'd be shown to be a terrorist as well. But um, and create a huge global panic. Uh, but like, just you, all you want, all you want now that you is literally to just out the out the the lie. Like, like that's it. And it's just oh look, they're actually up to something, and the people of Ichitar need to know about it, or whatever you, however you pronounce it. What's it called? Ithaca. Ithaca. Ithaca right. The poor the poor people of. All, and also, this weapon is so dangerous, it'll blow up. Like, there's a bit where Fraser's dad is like, we can't evacuate, you idiot. Uh, we'd have to evacuate the next three states or something. Like, it's literally... No, like... he goes all the way to Canada. Right. But yeah, it's literally like, it's, it would be huge, we'd all be dead. There's no point telling anyone to leave. We'll all just take the hit if this bomb goes off. But yeah, um, essentially, the negotiation is, I'll come down. The army will all, like, check its... It's actually in there. like they have a little round ball science gadget that can tell if it's radioactive, and they apparently know it is, and no one's worried. I don't know why his was different to all the other guys' ones that just had the classic sort of foam receiver on the end of a line. Oh, Geiger counters or whatever. Mm. It looks cool, right? Don't matter. But yeah, I don't know what this whole radiation. Like, so wait, is it dangerous or not? Like, what are we saying? Like. Anyway, it's dangerous in that it's a bomb, but it's not dangerous really. Oh, whatever. The, but the, the army are all there with their guns. He just waltzes past them, and no one's like, we could just shoot him now. Like, in K- oh, what if the box goes slightly to the ground? Or we can't get this, to this kid if I, we can't swarm him. 
or tact- tactically do anything about this. So we'll just let him in and chat to the scientist who's in charge of this whole thing going wrong to make the exchange right. And he's like, there's like, oh, you take take out take out the letter and show me and read it or whatever he does. And then it's like, ah, no, no, inside the lab, we can have, like you say, you just sit, they just sit on the floor and get to a kind of stalemate of like, yeah, I don't know, nothing now, I don't want to, don't make me blow us all up, what happens? <laughs> I don't know, I'm just still trying to work out what, what he was thinking, like, I guess the point is that they're going to rally the townsfolk to come to the lab. And somehow that will stop him either being shot or put in prison for the rest of his life? Yeah, because the girlfriend needs enough time to get all the, I don't know, barely established friends and uh, neighbours. 12 around. people. Yeah, all the kids, because it's a kids thing. All the way through, it's about kids taking down adults. Who are meant, children are meant to watch this and feel like it's fun. Um, so, yeah, and the mum is, is also like to John... Like, uh, if you harm a hair, he's the, he, okay, first of all, if I harm your son, what? He's the domestic terrorist with a nuclear bomb. How am I going to harm him? Mm. I'm not going to do anything. He's going to kill us all. You'll be dead, along with everyone else, if he drops the nuclear bomb on us all. But uh, she, the mum's like, me. So everyone comes in their cars <laughs> because uh, they're rallying to, to Paul, I guess. Uh, but we need to, so it's stalling for time, I guess, is the answer. I guess. Uh, by, but not, by totally assembling the bomb and setting a timer on it. Yeah, and keeping the ignition and, key handy. And a countdown that won't be enough time to do anything. And then a deceptive countdown that isn't an actual countdown that would be helpful, but a half-life countdown. It's nonsense. because he made the bomb badly. And now yes, the counter's malfunctioning, so they don't know how long it's actually going to be. Who knew a homemade bomb could backfire? Indeed. Who knew? <laughs> I just don't understand why the timer is like half-life. Like, it starts in a really, like, we got, because when the timer goes off, it, it, like, malfunctions and it says nine point, it's like nine, 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 nine. And you're like, oh, that's weeks or days or months this time we've got loads of time to you know make the bomb safe again and it's like no it's a half-life it incrementally is getting faster and faster as it counts down and you're like well jonathan has to literally work out the calculator or something like how long they got left and then it's like the like a dramatic amount of time like we got two minutes or whatever yeah the kit he takes so John has to convince him to give up the bomb and not be killed by the snipers and things. And there's a really hard ass FBI guy who like makes him more jumpy by a dude. Like he slams him against the wall. He'd, like there's a FBI, there's like a SWAT guy who's like, ooh, it's a bit too harsh. It, but he's also relied upon to cut the wires simultaneously with everyone when it comes to, you know, to get, yeah, get the maniac. It's a good joke. The one oh, where John Lithgow said, this is a rehearsal, don't cut anything. Three, two, one, cut. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was good to establish that because that can go wrong easily if we all cut wires at the wrong time and things blow up. But also the fact that they were like, we all have to cut the bomb's wires simultaneously, and it's like, I don't have a cutter. Yeah, that is an oversight, I will say. <laughs> Seven wires, six things to cut with. Oh, it's okay. I remembered I have a jiffy knife with me everywhere I go. But yeah, it gets... no, it was a set of nail clippers. 
like he had it originally because of the nail file to get into the girl's car. He's carried those throughout and he's used them for several things throughout. Oh, yeah, like j- jiffying things and fanning. Yeah, it's his little clever gadgety thing. Yeah, like Swiss Army knife thing and you know, whatever. No, it's her nail clippers, I'm telling you. But it also does something else, right? You just said. It's just got the little turny output with the nail file. That's it. Oh, so it's okay. Sorry, Abby. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's not as clever as all that, but you can still use it for everything. Hey, what happens though is John is like, I have got the bomb off you, but I don't want you to get, I don't want to have your death on you. Obviously, the army are going to murder you now. They can't just <laughs> arrest you. Um, they have to cover this up, apparently. Um, so they're going to shoot you. So I'm going to now be the terrorist. I've got the bomb and I'm going to turn the key. And we're going to walk out here to the safety of a few witnesses or something. And then we'll we'll be in no position to be shot or arrested. So that's fine. So, yeah, this is the bit you were talking about, Anthony, where John Lithgow goes mental for no reason. What do you think? Is, is it is it what I've said? Like, is that his thinking? He doesn't want to... He's seen the error of his ways. He doesn't want to get this kid killed for his unethical science or whatever. I, I guess so. I mean, I think he kind of somewhat respects the kid for being able to do what he's done. <laughs> Plus, he's still bastard. trying to get off with his mum. So that's know. the truth. <laughs> I we don't know if he succeeded in that yet. I think there were the scenes where he's back at the house. Like Paul is up to all sorts of business. I think John's back at the house with the mum at some point. Like they just have like they have a nice date at home at one point because they come back and like see him and like mix stuff in the car, don't they? And he's all upset because they're watching his tapes. My tapes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. He could, he could have been licking her out, but, you know. <laughs> oh, no, he's, he's looking at your tapes. He will be rewinds her. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, but, yeah, they, they accidentally, I don't know, the bomb's shit, so it, it sets some long timer off, like we said. And then it becomes, okay, we needed some dramatic thing at the end, so now we're both working. Now we've stopped being terrorists. We're working to stop the bomb going off. Uh, so it's the, you know, oh, how do we do this? Let's discuss the ways. Turns out, oh, it's really hard. And if you do the wrong thing and blah, 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 blah. the bomb's pride is dangerous. We all have to, they decide that it's, we all have to cut the wires simultaneously. That's the thing, right? Yes. But they do do that with the help of uh, all the dangerous idiots and scientists in the room. And it's, but if they also, then they can't detach the bomb, is it? There's some other secondary bit, is it? No, no after they've cut the wires, it's safe. They have a slight jump scare where the bomb then winds down. So it has a little pew. And then they can just disconnect all the batteries. Can they discuss, oh, we can't just disconnect the batteries, we can't do this, we can't do that, because Hmm. there's different things will happen. And, yeah, there's a little jump scare, um, because why not? And, yeah, so at this point, it's just the problem of, okay, the bomb is safe, but you can't cover up. This literally, you can't cover up. What are you going to do? Cover up this, uh, the whole thing by killing us too? Killing all of us? All of us too? Just be the two terrorists who have done the crimes. You're just going to. You don't even have to shoot them at this point. You just arrest them and like make up something and they sound like nut jobs. But like, yeah, why can't they shoot you again? <laughs> and they have to sort of slowly get to the door where they're, I guess. Conveniently met by the mob of children who have turned up. The to... pointless mob of children that achieve 
nothing. They're there to witness it, so the the army can't just shoot them. What if they can't? What they going to do? Shoot all the kids? <laughs> well, it's not even that. That it's just they they should at least be arrested. They would be, wouldn't they? Like yes. <laughs> like what you you can you can also even if you don't shoot them directly in the head and cover it up, you arrest them and take them away. Like the mob can't do anything about that. That's also even if the mob thought there was some injustice going down, they couldn't do anything. <laughs> you kill the army and this and the FBI and that. Like it's not like anything is going to happen. And you could just spin it on the even even if it was a big conspiracy cover up by the government, it would be like well, you could just do that. Like you could just lie and you know pay the right people off, and the the media don't. There's no like police. There's no um like news cameras filming this. There's no you know information leaked anywhere. And, and then also, John Lithgow just kind of opens the gate and let all the kids just run into the nuclear lab and run around. Well, it's fine now because he's quit his job, so he doesn't care about safety. <laughs> what if they turn it? They just play with a laser blow their brains out. <laughs> yeah. Some kid comes out and slashes everyone in two by swinging it round. But it's okay. They Do they, like, fucking hug and, like, go back to the bum then, or...? Yeah. That's it. The, the, the military hop helicopters and FBI just fly away there. They're like, oh, I guess we're defeated by... I don't, the door, they're not, do they? They just give up for no reason. They go, yeah. oh, that's the end of the film. We haven't got any reason to go, but we are. Bye. You you win. I guess. It's like, well, yeah, because America are allowed... To, I mean, America have decided they're allowed to make nuclear weapons, so they just know now that one of them is in a place where it wasn't before. It's not that bad, is it? I mean, you can get into the, the, the stupidity of... Like, this movie does suggest some of the the irrational way in which nuclear weapons are used where if I've got one and I'm willing to use it then you have to be willing to use it as a deterrent for other people and it does suggest there are some flaws in the thinking but it does this, it does so by being completely stupid and puerile and making no sense and just oh, just such a dumb movie it's dumb but <laughs> pretending it's really smart which is really infuriating I think that's the thing that that is one of the things that frustrates me is that a lot of the science broad strokes correct and then enough. everything else it's like they've never met a human being before <laughs> did aliens make this film does that explain it i don't i don't know it's just like it's okay to do something about science and nerd saving the day but the sort of the logic the logic is avoided at all points like just sense and reason you just you have you have to be so fucking dumb to accept all of the plot twists and turns and all of the all of the elaborate plans that make no sense and couldn't possibly have been plucked out of thin air and the, the ridiculous notion that we're meant to sympathize with this guy it, you need someone to fucking it's not good enough to have a stern army man to make you to like to know oh these are the the, the army of the bad guys because they're a bit stirred. It's like the guy has a bomb. He is a terrorist, a nuclear armed terrorist. Fucking Saddam Hussein didn't have a weapon of mass destruction and he was fucking killed. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like his whole country was invaded and he didn't have one. And this kid has one and they're like, oh well, boys will be boys. <laughs>
It's obscene. So yeah, thanks, Anthony. This is mental. Any any last thoughts yourself? <laughs> no. I mean, do you did you? I guess we you, you slightly enjoyed how baffling it was. I did. I mean, it is. It 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 delivered in a way I I, I couldn't possibly have imagined. <laughs> um. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's <laughs> it's not a good film, but. I can't help but admit that I was entertained most of the way through watching it. It was it's just one of those things where it's like it's so absurd that it's it's just it's just mind-boggling. Yeah. What was going on in this film that I I don't know, I think my brain was just it didn't know what to do. Yeah. And that's kind of a fun feeling. We fell off the... We were both on the same knife edge. You fell one way and I fell the other way. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the exact point of that knife edge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just need buckets of credulity to like invest emotionally in this film at all. It's just nonsense. It's just I just wish the bomb had gone off and wiped everyone out. It was awful. <laughs> It was so fucking uh, stupid. <laughs> it really frustrated me. And I didn't like the kid. Like, his girlfriend was all right. Like, I thought she had a positive attitude at best and a, a, a mind-numbing ability to accept this idiot. <laughs> uh, um, but, like, you know, there was n- John Lithgow was cast wrong. He, he wasn't wacky and fun like what he's so good at. He was, he, he was sort of surprised that he was, like, this endlessly reasonable person with his shitty semi-stepson type like not even stepson but like just it it should have been a rival and the guy should have been a maniac Uh, because that's what Lithgow would be good at but like you know it's just I'm normal and nice and have a heart of gold and have been turned around on my unethical science and I guess I'm going to be a shamed scientist who's really poor now. Your mum's so lucky to have me. <laughs> Let's go throw rocks in a lake. <laughs> yeah, anyway. That's uh but uh yeah, I'm I'm gonna go to a New York Science Fair because they look like a right hoot, if a little dangerous. Go meet the cool kids who like fight the army with fire extinguishers and get away with it. What happened to them? Do they like are they in jail now or? Well, get rounded up all of them will have done. I don't know how juvenile prison works. It does exist, but more likely they had like community service or something. I would assume. Paul is public enemy number one. Uh, no, he should be at least t- he should be registered and all of his information taken so they can keep track of him in case he ever gets an opportunity. Like if he ever gets near nuclear stuff again, they're just going to assume he's a terrorist and that like arrest him yeah. because he's he's like a danger they, to society. Like the setup at the beginning of Hackers, where he's like restricted, he's not yeah. allowed to have a computer or, or a calculator or anything. Yeah, it should be like you were a child terrorist, and maybe later in life we could reassess and downgrade your, uh, like how dangerous you are, how much of a threat we treat you as. Yeah, juvenile for him. This guy's going to prison. Uh, the girl is going to juvie or whatever. Like it's just terrible. It's arrests all round. I say, and it didn't happen. Hey ho hum. Let's all let's all uh, bid the listener goodbye, and you can catch us for another probably equally stupid movie another time. 
fingers crossed a good one. But uh, ciao for now. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Yeah,